Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, they said it would never happen. I had a good run, but sadly, on about day what feels like one billion of the longest World Cup in history, I have finally been roped in to doing one of these sort of daily podcasts that we said we do and now everyone's regretting doing. But I am here. Hello. Welcome to a Zero Ducks Given. We said at the start of the tournament there were going to be non-dailies. That was an understatement. They're about once a week at the moment. <laughs> Despite Daniel Norcross's best day, he? he's carrying some weight. Uh, Finney, who's got no excuse because he's actually on the Indian timescale, has been useless and I've been just as bad. But we are here for a daily. It is myself and Daniel Norcross and we are reacting to Australia thrashing the Netherlands, a bit of a World Cup update and also a look forward to England's massive game tomorrow as well. But Daniel Norcross, you've been at the game. The Netherlands, they uh, they gave Australia a scare there for a second, didn't they? Mm. Uh, at what point? <laughs> uh, I suppose I suppose at 290 <laughs> for six, you might argue that um, they, they could have kept Australia to about 330, which might have given them a sniff of a chance of losing by fewer <laughs> than 100 runs. But uh, they, I thought they bowled pretty well in, in that in that brief segment. And actually, throughout, they, they didn't bowl badly. David Warner got off to a cracker with those four fours in the over of Arian Duff, which didn't help. And then Glenn Maxwell at the end. I mean, it was a joy to watch. And you shouldn't really get pleasure out of Australians doing well, wherever you're from, even in Australia, because it ought to be boring by now because they've been doing it for hundreds of years. But uh, I love Glenn Maxwell. I think he's a beautiful man uh, and a genuinely one of the good guys, despite being Australian. And that 100 was just incredible to watch. He played a couple of these reverses, right, Toby? In the same over, he managed to flick this ball that was down by his ankles virtually for six over deep backward point. And then he sort of muscled this ball that was above his head with a reverse over the boundary behind the keeper. And it was like, at one moment, he was sort of puffing a really annoying toy dog. And the next minute, he was waving a handkerchief in the face of Andre the Giant and challenging him to a duel. The versatility of the man was extraordinary. The ball went absolutely miles. And I'm really pleased for him because he broke his leg really badly, hasn't had a good innings really to speak of since then, has been out of touch quite well but hasn't really had fun with the bat and it made the game distinctly pointless however I want to thank the Dutch for not <laughs> playing for pride and that is just a quality that I think more teams should evince in the longest World Cup when with the slowest overrates known to mankind and games that frequently end beyond 10 o'clock and you've still got to get through Indian traffic to get back to a hotel which has incredibly last orders at like 11 o'clock a team that goes down in a heap saying, I don't give a shit, let's get the hell out of Dixie, is a team that I can get right behind. Orange well, Army all the way. 
gave up on any sort of notions of pride many years ago and it served you very well. So I can understand why that resonates with you. Yeah. Uh, the Glenn Maxwell innings, let me tell you how, from my standpoint, my viewpoint in Clapham, how ridiculous an innings that was. I went to the hairdressers and the entire century took place during my haircut. When I went to the hairdressers, I was watching the game. I checked the score. Ooh. Australia, like you said, were on for a decent score. I went in, I got a haircut, I came out, and Glenn Maxwell had been in and out and scored 100 off 40 balls. That's how quickly he scored 100 from a Clapham point of view. So I had to watch the highlights back. But <laughs> I, I'm glad you mentioned those ridiculous... It's sort of... You know how every time you think... Every time I see a new sort of cricket shot, I think, well, that's it now. There's no other new shots they can do because they've covered 360 degrees in every possible way. And it was the dill scoop and then new things come along and then it was the helicopter. And I'm like, okay, but we've sort of done it. Then Joe Root started playing this shot where he scoops it over the wicketkeeper and the slips. And I thought, okay, well, that's the last (laughs) shot left possible. Well, Glenn Maxwell has sort of evolutionised Joe Root's shot now. And it goes a bit harder and a bit squarer. And I've never quite seen a shot like it. And he did it a few times. So that is something that he's obviously been working on. Yeah, it's a kind of flicky root, as we call it, the root scoop, the root. And uh, it just has a little kind of flick of the wrists at the last minute. And it means he can sort of access the ball from uh, whether it's down by his toes or up by his head, which is quite a skill to have, isn't it? I, I found it mesmerising as I'm commentary during it and didn't really, found it very difficult to describe because... The beautiful thing about being a cricket commentator is you can go, he's driven it through the covers off the front foot. He's driven it off the back foot. He's pulled it. He's hooked it. He's cut it. He's glanced it. He's guided it. He's scooped it. And now, I don't know what to say. I have to go, oh, God, <laughs> give me a minute. <laughs> oh, shit, they're coming into bowl again. I haven't really yeah. got to the bottom of the majesty of this shot yet. This is where being a radio commentator is a lot more awkward the bigger tv commentator he's on the tv and just go look at that it's true I, I don't know what you call that shot and, and also i'll tell you now we've been on doing this podcast for a few minutes now we talked about this shot at length and yet i still don't think for anyone that hasn't seen that shot yet we've made it any clearer what he did because it's sort of it's inexplainable the best i can explain do you remember when kevin peterson did the switch it to murrily it's like that but without switching your hands is probably the best way yeah. i can describe it but it, it was so yeah, but, flicky. But with, a, but with a flicky, it was like it was like knocking the top off a boiled egg with a backhand. You know, <laughs> I mean, I'm glad we cleared like, that up. Yeah, it, with a, but with a very very sharp implement. Um, it's it's, it's <laughs> Shall I tell you what you need to do? It's like taking the top to... off a boiled egg using a backhand technique, but with a samurai sword. Yeah, yeah, I think that covers it. Right, oh, if you good. can't work out what that is, then frankly, you don't deserve ever to be given a samurai license. Um, <laughs> what you need to do is to go onto the BBC Sport website and app where we have in-play clips and highlights and every ball of every game during this World Cup. And decide for yourself and get in touch with Zero Ducks at Zero Ducks Pod. And you try and describe it if you're so clever. Because it isn't easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now, also, oh, uh, I, I, so uh, let's give an update on the World Cup. So, England have gone from bottom to eighth in the last couple of days on net run rate, thanks to Bangladesh and Netherlands both getting an absolute spanking. So, yeah, believe it or not, 
So England, a finally a bit of positive news for England fans. We're no longer bottom of the Inexorable table. Inexorable rise. Inexorable rise, Toby. It turns out that we're much better when we don't play. There's, that's probably a worrying <laughs> sign. Um, but um, Australia, oh, how Australian would it be, Dan? You know what I'm going to say? How Australian yeah. would it be? David Warner looked bloody good. They've got yeah. so many good players. Maxwell's got his eye in. He's invented a new shot called the egg-breaking samurai shot. They're quite good on paper. Zampa bowls really well in these conditions. Yeah. Australia Australia can win the World Cup, can't they? Yeah, I mean, it looks increasingly likely they're going to get into the semi-finals. Unfortunately for the competition, I think we might have our four semi-finalists and we're only halfway through. We're still going to play another 21 group games so they might all be utterly pointless, which is a bit of a shame. Unless, you know... Like us, you get to wander around Dharamshala and Pune and Bangalore and uh, Mumbai and have a laugh. But for anybody watching at home, unless England suddenly go on a run, it's hard to see who else is going to challenge them because it ain't going to be Bangladesh and it ain't well, going to be Sri Lanka. It could be Afghanistan, but that's highly unlikely. They've got to play Australia and South but Africa. They've been a bit ropey as well. They have, really. So yeah. something needs to change. But, but, you know, we did say at the start of the competition, oh, those teams are absolutely crap. Uh, Australia, they're crap. They're not going to get through. And suddenly within three matches, we're going, oh, they could win the World Cup. <laughs> so there's time. There's time for things to change weirdly. Uh, just a last note on Maxwell, by the way, because we, we should point out the record that he did today, the fastest World Cup 100. But also, he broke an ODI record. Because when he came out to bat, it was the end of the 39th over. There are only 11 overs left in the inning. And it's the latest any human male, and I think even human female, has arrived at the crease in a one-day international and still got 100, which is pretty miraculous. And it, it does. I think the shootout between South Africa and Australia could be the end of a lot of people's desire ever to bowl a cricket ball again. Is it, it could, that could easily be 450 against 451, with 150 being scored in the last 10 overs by each side. Heinrich Klassen against Glenn Maxwell. You know, David Miller against, could be Travis Head by then, because he's, he's virtually fit. He nearly played today. And that means that they can drop one of Labashain or Smith, probably Labashain. But suddenly it looks like all of them can whack the ball to all parts. They can get rid of the giant man-baby Cameron Green and replace him with Marcus Stoinis when his niggle's gone. And uh, then they would be 100%, which would be slightly concerning for all. Well, the record to beat, that legendary ODI that we watched many, many years ago between South Africa and Australia, still one of the greatest cricket matches of all time. South Africa chased 438. So will South Africa and Australia in this World Cup beat that combined runs total? That would be an interesting thing to keep an eye on when that game kicks off. England tomorrow, it's all a bit sad and upsetting uh -huh. and depressing, but I suppose, you know, uh, never say die. Remember at the start of the World Cup when I uh, stuck my neck out and said England were definitely going to win it? And then... When yeah. we lost two games, I, I, after several pints of Guinness, put 30 quid on them to win the World Cup. Oh, um, yes, how weird. Yeah, yeah I, I got very drunk and I got defiant and then I put one of them to win the World Cup because I thought, 10 to 1, those idiots, they haven't seen the real England yet and I fear they might have seen the real England. Uh, the good news is they're playing Sri Lanka tomorrow who might be even shitter than England, which is promising. Looks like Mo and Ali's going to return to the side, which, you know, if he has a... They're sort of on a hiding to nothing with Mo and Ali because 
if he has a bad game, that's bad for England. But if he has a great game, everyone's going to go, well, where the hell's he been the last couple of games? So it's it's all a bit of a mess. Reese Topley, poor guy who's bowled so well, has, uh, has got a broken finger. Pretty much the worst possible World Cup campaign so far. Now, we will do a post-mortem on the England campaign if it does come to an end very soon, probably on a full episode of Zero Dutch Given. But Daniel Norcross, have you got any positivity for English cricket fans listening? Uh, yeah, I think they might beat Sri Lanka. I think Sri Lanka's bowling is pretty woeful. Uh, that said, you know, England have contrived to lose so badly to New Zealand, Afghanistan and South Africa that it's very hard to gauge. But we'll find out. That. The one thing I'm really hoping is it isn't, it isn't hotter than they bargained for tomorrow. I hope that when they turn up and it's hot, they bargain for it being as hot as it actually is when they're bargaining for it. That would be good. I hope it's not too cold for them to bargain for either, you know, when it is as cold as it, as it is, or, or indeed too windy. I mean, let's just hope that there are no meteorological conditions that aren't too whatever they might be for them to bargain for in real time while it is actually being what it is. This is what I really hope for the team, that they can use all of their senses and apply them in one go. I, I <laughs> quite like it. Quite like it if they tried batting first with a little bit of freedom and see where that takes them. I do think that because they're up against it, they've really got to win every game. Realistically, their net run rate's so poor that they're effectively one point behind. And their last two World Cup winning campaigns in T20 and the 50-over World Cup were all when they had to win every game. So that might make the difference. Let's see. Let's hope. I've no idea what the team's going to look like. Uh, it's, and they've got no Reese Topley, who's been a potent threat. What could be Happening now is the emergence of Gus Atkinson. He was the only England player in the last game to come out with any credit, and he came out with quite a lot of credit, actually, amidst the chaos and mayhem. He, didn't he take two wickets and go for like four runs in the last over and then bonk 30 or 40-odd at the back end in a losing cause? So uh, this might be the emergence of him, uh, and he deserves, deserves for it to happen. He's bowled really well over the last year and a bit. You're right, it might be Moe Nally coming back into side might actually sort of get the balance of the side that they want going forward for the rest of the tournament. Who knows? It's a, they're not a bad team to be playing when you're up against it, Sri Lanka. No. As long as you don't let Kushal Mendes get a hundred ball double hundred. No. Other than that, they've not got a lot to scare you. Um, no. But I wasn't really sure that Afghanistan had a huge amount to scare you other than the mighty Gerd has. Oh. And, well, I suppose. You know, they did have others, didn't they? But Sorry, yeah. that noise was just me reacting to the name Gerbaz, who, as I've been telling you on WhatsApp, is officially my favourite cricketer of all time. I've decided he's better He's better than Tendulkar and Lara combined, I've worked out. And that's Ooh. quite exciting for the game, I think. But yeah, Ramanilla Gerbaz is, the, is the, the, the find of the tournament, I think. I know he's played a lot of franchise stuff, but still ridiculously young. So ridiculously good to watch. Him and Rashindra. Uh, New Zealand, who yeah. I also I, I get quite erect watching bat. But yeah, there's been a couple of players. <laughs> it's his hair, been... isn't it? it it's, 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 everything. it's everything. Um, look, You're right. I, I'm, amazed, I'm amazed you haven't mentioned Cybrand Engelbrecht, because he, for me, has been the find of the tournament. <laughs> 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 quite genuinely, I've rather enjoyed watching Cybrand Engelbrecht. There have been some, you know, there have been some shocks, haven't there? We've had a Netherlands shock, we've had a couple of Afghan shocks. This tournament hasn't been entirely without merit. It's just... Wouldn't it be lovely if not tomorrow, England need to win by 25 overs or 250 runs. But at some point after that, we had a real nail-biter. I think Australia-New Zealand in Durham-Sharna, with New Zealand winning off the last ball, 
that would be absolutely beautiful. Maybe we can yeah. have one of them. One of the last days. Yeah, we haven't enough time to finish it today. And though, sadly, it doesn't feel like there's going to be too many games with too much riding on it. But we can live in hope. We can live in hope. Right, I'll see you for a proper episode tomorrow. Keep an eye out. We'll do a full reaction to the England game, which we'll record tomorrow after the game. And also, don't forget to get your questions in for the Danai Lama as well. Send them at Zero Ducks Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Even just as I say Danai Lama, he has gone into a zen-like state. It's quite imp- oh. impressive to watch. I'll see you soon. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.